0: Welcome back to American Graffiti, one song at a time. I'm your DJ, Doris, and today my guest is Luke. Hi, Luke.
1: Hi, hey, thanks for having me on.
0: Hi, just like me, you're European. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the experience all these teenagers have in this film are foreign to us as yes. europeans <laughs> yep and let me just point out to my audience there that you are actually a teenager
1: yes i am i'm, <laughs> I... I'm 17 so yeah this is this is i guess am i the target audience i don't know
0: <laughs> you might have been 30 years ago or 40 yeah. years ago
1: so <laughs> i didn't feel like the target audience today but uh <laughs>
0: I mean, the I think the target audience is exactly uh, the people who made this film. Like we were yeah. leaving school ten years ago. This first look back in with with nostalgia clouding our judgment. <laughs> <laughs> so, Luke, you being a teenager, but you're also an accomplished podcaster yourself, right? Thank you. Thank you. Uh- I've
1: never been called that but I appreciate it. Um <laughs> I've I've done podcasts, yeah, for about I've done my own shows for about 3 years and I've been doing move by Minute for about a year. Uh, yeah, yeah. I
0: mean 3 years ago I had probably never heard of a Movies by Minute podcast.
1: So.
0: <laughs> 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 way ahead of me there it's it's also surprisingly
1: addictive i didn't realize i started one mxm show and now i can't stop you look on the spreadsheet i've got a lot of stuff booked out and i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm i keep toing and throwing about whether i'm going to book the paddington movies down i think i will but i haven't got that done officially yet uh, uh but just, yeah.
0: <laughs> just do it i mean there, there can be movies by I minute mean, podcasts or movie podcasts like a dozen for every movie each one will see something different in it so
1: yeah, and anyone who knows my shows know that I love just wholesome things that just lift people's spirits and Paddington movies are just that, and they are way better than they should be, and so that's my <laughs> that may be my next venture. Time will have to exist first.
0: So look, since we're already at your project. What's your current project? Ooh, this
1: this seems like I've planned this as a as a segue, I haven't. Uh film wise or podcast wise? <laughs>
0: You can plug both if you want. Okay. Um, Usually we do that in the end of the episode, but we're already there, so let's let's just go ahead. Um,
1: okay. So I uh, I'll go first with the film stuff. I co-wrote a script for an upcoming film which I'm set to co-direct. Uh, it's all alongside a friend of mine called Alex Yusefi. Both of us are 17, and it's a surrealist comedy film in a kind of similar style to sort of airplane naked gun type of stupid comedy, uh, set in a charity shop, and our cast includes uh, you and Mac who was keith in the uk version of the office uh simon fisher becker who was Dorian in doctor who uh alex mcqueen who was neil's dad in the in Betweeners, and nanette finch who is the uk's most famous extra we've got a load of other cast uh, that the listeners may be aware of but i won't list everyone i'm just trying to go with the ones that most likely to know nanette is very surprising like when i read the words uk's most famous extra i thought that's weird when i was researching her after we cast her and i was like how's that possible but now i cannot watch a single british film or tv show without spotting nanette in the background (laughs) she has apparently been in over 1000 films and tv shows oh
0: my god it's incredible so nanette watch
1: is my new favorite hobby to do when watching films and tv shows
0: oh wow well you see me duly impressed And your podcast?
1: I'm currently doing the Love Rosie podcast, which is about the romantic comedy Love Rosie. And myself and Ellen Astbury are analysing it five minutes at a time. And we're both film students, so we have a lot of just tangents about cinema and stuff as well. And Love Rosie is a really fun rom-com. And uh, we've got some really exciting guests lined up. As of today, someone involved in the film replied to me on social media and agreed so that will—I ha- won't say who, in case it doesn't work out—but that happened this morning. My co-host hasn't been online yet to know herself that this has happened yet. So, wow! Breaking news. Wow.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> of course, <laughs> when this episode comes out, she'll know. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow, it's not going to happen on this podcast that someone involved in the movie is going to contact me. You bet on that.
1: Well, I, I just went out with... Well, with with Love, Rosie, it's quite... Apart from the two leads, which are Lily Collins and Sam Claflin, most of the rest of the cast and crew are fairly unknown. It's quite a small-scale indie film. And so I just went on Instagram, searched them all up, and DM'd all of them. And uh, so I'm, I'm very excited about that, if it all happens.
0: <laughs> I hope for you it will happen. Because, I mean getting the info from the horse's mouth directly such a good thing. Yeah,
1: well I've always said you don't ask, you don't get, and that has been my Especially. motto. The only one I really struggled with asking that ended up working out was with uh, sorry, it feels like I'm just trying to plug stuff, I'm not, you can like cut out and <laughs> share stuff, um, but my my uh, Move On Minute show last year, Two Minutes About Time, my favourite film is About Time, and my biggest hero like in terms of filmmaking, someone who I'd really aspire to be like, is Richard Curtis and with Two Minutes About Time we he started listening and he came on the show for the last episode and i'm still in touch with richard curtis and it's just like so after that happened i was just like i'm not phased anymore i'll ask anyone
0: (laughs) well i'm still phased but (laughs) probably not gonna ask george lucas to come on the podcast (laughs) it's worth a try it's worth a try you're right it'd it'd, it'd be be great if
1: you i I assume star wars minute haven't got him so if you beat star wars minute on it (laughs) Uh,
0: that would be too much to expect i guess (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> okay but we're also here to do business <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're kind of having a, um, a meta situation a parallel situation right now because we're talking about scene 11 of american graffiti which is kurt and mr wolf having a conversation of course mr wolf is kurt's former teacher now you're a teen you're a student i'm a teacher so we're doing parallel stuff here (laughs)
1: brilliant scheduling
0: of course we have we have a totally different kind of relationship than these two so what we usually do is we'll talk a little bit about the song the scene is named after because of course we're one song at a time and the song in this scene is the stroll by the diamonds so luke what did you think of the music in this scene? Um,
1: I found it nice and charming, but what really took it, took away from it for me was the, 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 the dancing and the fact that the students looked like they would literally be happier doing anything else.
0: <laughs> I can relate to that feeling. Although, I don't know if it's true, but I've read that uh, this form of dancing, this strolling, like it's kind of a line dance. Yeah, you, you form these two lines and the students, they a lot of them move in place and the others just walk between them. That seems to have come back at the early 70s when the movie was actually made. Kind of like a little resurgence of that style. I'm not at all sure if that is true. Now,
1: I, d- I despise dancing, but I'd enjoy it more than Oh, I, I
0: despise would. it too.
1: I feel like I I, I, I could just because I'm awful at coordination but I can find a bit of, I can find a bit of fun in it if I have to and none of them seem to be getting any enjoyment whatsoever and it's like are you? I don't know the rest of the context are they you know forced against their will to dance
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we have to we have to make it clear to our listeners that you only watched that scene you didn't watch the whole movie
1: and I have deliberately this isn't an excuse to have not done work I deliberately <laughs> have have after that after we decided that I wasn't going to watch the rest I thought okay I'm not going to do like any research into the rest of the plot or anything and i'll just take this as standalone because i've always found that the most fun when we've had guests on shows who have no idea what's going on
0: i will ask you in a second what you think the movie is about oh okay (laughs) so um just very quickly the stroll by the diamonds it was recorded in 1957 it became a hit in 58 it is the first original song that this band recorded to become a chart hit. They were known for being a cover band before. I think the band still exists, but they have had like a myriad of different cast members. Because of the original ones are already dead. And they were all students, the original band members were all students at Toronto University. So it is a Canadian band and one of the very few doo bands that was all white. So now I've kind of done my spiel on the info. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I'll admit I, I I was not familiar with the song or the band before. Mm. I mean,
0: 1957. Yeah, this is older than both of us combined. So
1: <laughs> okay, we're good. <laughs> but it's
0: uh, a <laughs> but I, I, it's annoying because I like to think
1: with a lot of stuff that like I I pick up enough through pop culture. But I, I was I'm unaware to know how big they were or all the rest. Like it's mm. just which is a shame. And I feel like it's the same with this with this film. It's like I've been aware of it, and it's just like a big gap in my pop culture. Yeah,
0: you just brain. know it exists, right?
1: Yeah, I. Did didn't know anything about it, but it was like I knew that there was a film called American Graffiti. Probably I'd probably pick up knowledge of films, mostly just because of how long I spend. Uh, I'm a physical media guy so I spend a lot of time in DVD stores. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I guess I probably pick up little bits from there. I don't know.
0: Do it's... DVD stores still exist?
1: They do. Um,
0: wow.
1: But very cheap as well, which is lovely. Not so lovely on my pocket because I buy lots. But I
0: can't even remember when I was in a DVD store as in dedicated to DVDs and not just the DVD department in department store or something.
1: Yeah, there's, there's one I know of and it's all pretty much all second hand but there's one i would say about a 5 minute walk from my college campus and i am very excited because lockdown is lowering in the uk this week mm. uh, so i can go i can go back into the dvd store Trying to get a job in the DVD store. I, I haven't asked them yet, but I'm gonna just <laughs> drop my CV off because How I retro. doubt there's many. I doubt there's many <laughs> young people. Yeah, I know I could email them, but I'm gonna I'm gonna physically. Tell, I don't know. I don't know why I like physical media so much. I guess it's like the idea of owning, like the idea of saying yes, I have this for as long as I need it. Rather than things being taken off streaming services.
0: Yeah, and also a lot a lot of the classic stuff, even the classic stuff not even being available on digital.
1: Yeah. And it's it's just I, I mean I've been doing a lot of digital over the lockdowns because I've realized how much of my DVD collections are just me going out and it's like, oh, three for a pound. So I'll pick a couple of random ones up and I'll watch them. So when there's been the occasion for the past few months where I haven't been able to just randomly pick stuff up, that's obviously when I've started taking advantage of the streaming services and stuff. But I, I just like I still get the excitement of buying a DVD of before I open it, being like, "Oh, wonder what the disc looks like," and mm-hmm. then being like, "Oh, I wonder what what the main menu is going to be like." I, you know, I, I I love going through bonus features; like it's fascinating to me. But yeah, I'll I'll stop rambling about physical media and uh, <laughs> talk about what I was brought here to talk about.
0: Okay, so the scene that we're talking about is. Kurt walking down the hall of his old high school, looking very fondly at all of the lockers. He's already got that. Well, I used to be one of those little ones. Grin on his face. This. Uh, yeah. I'm now a grown-up.
1: And I love the uh go film me here, I love the mise en scène I, I like the uh, i like the, the 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 whole sort of color scheme here with the idea of it's a very kind of dull coloured corridor, and he's there with his bright shirt so in another way, it's almost like he's looking back, but it's also like he's escaped. But I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very, very gray corridor. Like most schools I've seen or visited or attended, it's, it seems to have so many bright colors and posters and stuff up, but it's just quite sad.
0: It's very beige. Yeah. Well, it's small town high school not much happening probably those lockers haven't been painted in 20 years very likely fun british
1: thing is that i've never had lockers
0: me neither so, yeah <laughs> we, d- we we <laughs> until recently we did we didn't have them in germany either i mean my students nowadays they can rent one
1: ah i think there were a couple like that at my secondary or i don't know like it was like i think like head boy or whatever got a lock i don't know there were lockers there but i didn't know anyone who ever had one and there were only a few and most of the time they ended up being used as props in school shows and we do like a American high school stuff Mm. uh, but yeah
0: (laughs) well there are some I mean there are 2000 pupils or or students at my school and we have like maybe 200 lockers so yeah like 10% could rent one and it costs your money so a lot of people don't have a locker it's it's a new thing
1: Yeah, I wish I have one at college because carrying my laptop around on like hour-long lunch breaks because I don't know what to do with it. Every now and again, there'll be a teacher who'll let me leave it in their classroom over the lunch break. But I'm not even ever like rarely very happy about that either. It's like, I don't know, if I knew it was somewhere safe and I could just go on about it without being weighed down, it'd be nice.
0: Well, you just started college. Yeah. Did you ever go back to your old uh, secondary school?
1: briefly, but COVID hasn't helped because I left during the pandemic. Um, So we never got a prom or anything like that. Like we had, there were two days. No, there was one day at the end of term after they'd announced lockdown. And we thought there were two days left. And then literally they gathered us into a hall 20 minutes before the end of the day. And were like, okay, it looks like you're not going to be in tomorrow or for six months. So bye, everyone. Here's a rushed slideshow of photos of the past (laughs) five years of your life. And...
0: (laughs) That sounds so much like like the the small impromptu celebration that we have to give our seniors last time. And of course, the class we're heading, end of next week, we're heading into finals. At my school, and of course, this class will not have a prom either. Yeah, yeah. There will also be send-off with a handshake, and that's it. <laughs> and Oof. not even that because handshaking is no. not allowed. Yeah,
1: but the uh, I did go briefly back to my secondary school um, for uh, in the middle of lockdown for a news report because this actually links to, to the theme of music. Is through two minutes about time I became friends with a Canadian musician called Ron Sexsmith, who we had on the show, and I was chatting with him, and at one point I. ran randomly sent him a video of my school friends doing a cover of I'm Still Standing. Uh Just to say, like, here's a thing that my friends are doing. Next thing I know, I get message from him, just sent it over to Elton. He loves it. Have you got an email for the school? And I was like, what? What's happening here? (laughs) And so next thing I know, Elton John sends a personalised video message to the school saying, thanks to all the students for doing this, how much he loved it, and by the way, when I'm next in the UK, you can be my VIP guests at my gig. And so that kind of blew up, and so I went back to my school for local news to come and like, interview us. A little annoying is the fact that no news- like, this news story ended up in Rolling Stone, in NME, and Billboard, like, it went really big. None of them mentioned podcast or anything like that as or my messaging Ron Sexsmith is what started it, which is a shame because that would have been great for the listenership. But outside of that it was just lovely to be back and now my last memory of my secondary school isn't being rushed out, it's being interviewed for national television and then being cut out by national television. <laughs> but uh,
0: <laughs> it's, it's much better than being rushed out of it it is it was yeah. very
1: strange because it was everyone was like trying to take photos and say goodbye and they were like guys we're locking up in five minutes yeah i mean i did come back for my gcse results actually i forgot about that but that was very very brief and then just hanging about outside for a bit but
0: it, it does feel different right when you go back to your yeah. school and you're no longer a student there
1: it instantly feels yeah. smaller which is very weird uh because there's no reason for it but it always feels smaller I think
0: and uh, yeah
1: it's it's so weird, kind of looking back and because uh, i I live very, very near my secondary school so i when i was walking the dog or just going on general walks i tend to walk past my secondary school so there's quite a lot of times where i'll just walk and i'll sort of stop for a moment and just remember and sometimes i've admittedly over the first lockdown would stop there and sometimes get like really emotional but yeah it's it's very odd but it is it is a very strange feeling it's it's almost like you're seeing ghosts of the past like little flashbacks at each spot
0: yeah and i think it happens instantaneously
1: yeah you don't expect it to
0: as soon as you graduated, you get that kind of, ah, oh, school. Wasn't it nice? <laughs> and you are yeah, to you're forget there, everything that was to, bad.
1: Yeah, while you're there, you're fighting to get out. And it's like, I can't wait till I leave. <laughs> and then it was literally, I was walking past my school. And I suddenly had the memory of someone getting their bag stuck on top of like like a bike shelter. Someone threw their bag up there and got it stuck. And I haven't thought about that since it happened about five years ago. And suddenly just seeing that and seeing all these other f- flashes of thoughts that I haven't had in years and memories. And it's, oh, it was emotional (laughs) yeah
0: Mm. and i mean kurt as we see him walking there i mean in his face is all this "Ah, it's so nice being here we had a great old time at this place and this i'm no longer part of it but i like it face
1: yeah how old is he supposed to be by the way
0: (laughs) 19 or actually even younger probably because um he just graduated this is the end of summer, the summer of his graduation, so he graduated in like May. Okay. So, he's probably supposed to be 17 or 18. I mean, given he doesn't look that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no one looks that.
1: I've been accused of looking considerably older than my age, but not to that extent. Like he's yeah.
0: The guy who's playing Terry, Charles Martin Smith, he was actually 17 when they cast him, but even he looks a bit old a little bit older than that. It's probably just people back then looked older than they were.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's also, but it's also when you actually see people. And you and they all they look older, and you acknowledge it. That proves how much older they look. Because there's a weirdly fascinating thing, especially with, with teenagers, that you're so used to seeing them on screen played by older actors, that you, your mind almost instant, instantly de-ages old like actors in their twenties to oh, they must be a teenager. So like, I made a short film about two years ago um, with a couple of actors, and there was one actress on board uh, called Helen Austin, and she turned twenty-one on set. Which was lovely that she spent her twenty first birthday on set. But she turned twenty one and while I was there filming with her, these were characters who I'd written as adults and these adults were playing them. But the moment you captured it on film and showed it to someone, they go, Oh, how old's she? Fourteen? And it's like <laughs> if you saw her out in if you saw her out in person, you wouldn't say she's fourteen, you'd say, you know, yes she looks young, but you'd say, Oh, she's maybe late teens. But you'd probably say, Oh, she's about twenty, twenty one. But the, the idea that as soon as you, you you see it on screen you go, Are they fourteen? proves that these people seeing them on screen and instantly knowing they're adults, they must be five, ten years older than that. <laughs> like it's just yeah.
0: I think especially in those days, I mean, all teenagers kind of look like uh, trying to look like they're adults. Trying to look older because, of course, you want to buy cigarettes, you want to buy alcohol and um, just trying to look grown up. And I think in the 50s and 60s, it was even more pronounced than that because um, you either looked like a kid or you looked like a grown up. This in between thing that we see today, like 45 year olds dressing like teenagers, that hadn't happened yet.
1: No, it probably only kicked in around
0: John Hughes era. Yeah, probably early 80s. Yeah. So I would expect, I mean, I look at, I'm a history teacher and I look at pictures from the civil rights movement and you see school desegregation and stuff. And you see pictures of people who you know are students at a high school or a middle school and they're 15 or 16 years old and they look like 30 year olds because they're made up to look like that. So probably as natural for teenagers yeah. in, in the early 60s to look like real grown ups. which then kind of hit me that most of the teenagers dancing in the scene. And do not look very 60s to me. I mean, they wear the clothes, especially the girls, but the hair kind of doesn't work. Yeah. They look very 70s kids to me in this scene. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. I admit that was kind of what I thought. Is I didn't know that this was a film that was set in the sixties, even.
0: Yeah, it's set in sixty one or sixty two. Actually, now we're at it again. I can see so... it. I can see it now. Yeah.
1: Now that like now acknowledging, it's like yeah, of course. But it's like yeah, I, I I didn't know when the when the film came out. I did. I literally did. I I literally avoided it. it. Came <laughs>
0: out in seventy seventy three.
1: It's so rare for that to actually happen with a film as well. It's to just be set like 10 years later. Like that's, that's all oh, 10 years earlier even. That's brilliant. It's, there's little bits of that. I mean, I don't know. Do you flash forward at any point in the film or is it just exclusively 60s?
0: It's exclusively that one night and the morning oh, of that's... the next day. Only the end credits. We have a little forward what happens to the characters.
1: Oh, that's, that's brilliant then. That, I, I really like that. Because, like, there's a little bit in the the, the film that we're doing on our show at the moment, Love Rosie, that, like, it starts being set, like, 12 years earlier, but then it takes place over 12 years and towards the end you, you're in modern day. But it's, yeah, that that's good. And the, so the finding out the, the characters and where they got up to in the end, was this before or after Animal House? Because Animal House did that as well, didn't it? And I always thought that was, like, the original... <laughs>
0: Okay, you got me there. I will have to Google that.
1: I'm just IMDb-ing now. Uh, an- <laughs> Tell me. An- Animal House was 1978,
0: so... Yeah. Okay, so way so this- before.
1: Yeah, that- that's interesting. Because I-, I always thought that Animal House <laughs> was-, was what was being spoofed whenever people did that. But I-, I-, I guess I can't assume that National Lampoon was ever being original. It's not exactly what they're known for. I say that with a lot of love for the National Lampoon, but they <laughs> they that spoof is kind of well that's what lampoon means isn't it yeah <laughs> so, spoofy
0: yeah. although you have kind of kind of hit me there on on, on a thing that I know nothing about <laughs> <laughs> because the national lampoon stuff like animal house I mean I've heard of it i'm aware that it exists just like you were with american graffiti i've never watched it
1: yeah it's it, i mean it's very totally different from what we're seeing here <laughs> um i actively searched out a lot of lampoon stuff because i saw the original um, vacation movies with chevy chase and mm-hmm. i love them and so i went on a bit of kind of a national lampoon obsession a few years ago i mean the interesting thing is there were several national lampoon things that were pretty big that i obviously could not see because of my age and several i can't see even now not, I've much, longer, hit... luke, not yeah. much longer luke not much longer. (laughs) i've also already hit the age to have grown out of it (laughs) It's, it's like it's like i'm just like oh it's just kind of crass humor but animal house has its moments the vacation movies i still really like even vegas vacation although it's been a while since i've seen that but the lampoon it's it's very 70s and 80s anyway and a lot of it is just uncomfortable to watch because they're very very dated values they're very very dated um, humour in terms of there's some awfully offensive things that were just considered normal and that's the hardest thing to watch I think is kind of these things from the past that just do not fly whatsoever now. I kind of realised how much times have changed recently so I was watching a film recently with my parents and there was one scene wherein a load of guys were kind of talking about and overly sexualising this one woman and making some kind of comments about her. and i turned to my parents and realized that i have never brought, been brought up in a time in which society has thought that that was ever acceptable which i guess is it's great that i've living at this point in which i've always known that these are the wrong ways to act but it's so weird to watch films and things where that's the way that people are because that's not the world i've grown up in
0: yeah i mean come to think of it all you've ever known is to 2000 yeah you are, are totally a child of the 21st century yep yeah. <laughs> you know i really feel old now <laughs> <laughs> really, really old. <laughs> okay, so based on the two and little bit minutes that you know of this movie now, what do you think happens?
1: Oh, okay. I want to say first that whilst a lot of my notes are really kind of cynical, I did quite enjoy this. <laughs> and it did feel like the sort of film that I probably would watch at some point. You should. But it's... I. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing from the conversations we've had that it's that it yeah it's kind of like not anthology, but it's I'm guessing it follows a kind of a, multiple characters as their. Their last night as a kind of looking past on on the last time they spend together as a as a class, and I, I'm imagining in the PG whether it is that there's the you know the fights, the hookups, the bloody blah. Am I right at all here?
0: <laughs> yeah, you're you're not okay. you're not uh, a lock way off. Yeah, so we follow different characters. That is true. Kurt is one of them, it is their last night before supposedly or where they should head off to college and. Not all of them, but two of them are attending the uh, freshman prom, so this is the freshman prom or the homecoming. I'm, again, something from an American teenager's perspective or life phases that I cannot relate to at all because that stuff does not exist in my country.
1: It, it, it is interesting. And it's like so much of it has been absorbed, I think, recent, in recent years. A lot of the kind of American high yeah, school yeah. ideas. At least,
0: at least the idea of, of prom, of uh, that yeah. leaving, the celebration of you leaving school, that has totally arrived in Germany as well.
1: Yeah, it was pretty much a, a given uh, which is why it's so sad that we never got to have ours because of COVID mm. but it's I it there's a lot of kind of little things like that and I, I can't remember specific examples but I remember there've been several moments when I was in secondary school where there'd be like things that would happen or, or things where it's like this is so Americanized, and often the teachers would acknowledge it they'd be like we're not an American's high school we don't do that <laughs> but there's almost the expectation of like the yearbooks thing and all the rest which we didn't do I think the, the British version of yearbooks which once again we didn't get to do really sad is I don't know whether you have this in Germany the signing of shirts
0: some do It's not a ritual thing, but some classes too. We do have yearbooks in the sense that the senior class does their own yearbook if they want. But they of course have to do it themselves. And that's usually half of the class is in there. The other half forgot to hand in their stuff on time. <laughs> so
1: the annoying thing with us is like, yeah, we were gonna do the the kind of shirt signing and all the rest. But with our situation, I like I vividly remember the walk back, just being like, I don't know how to feel. This is this has been the moment that the past five years have been building up to, and it's just happened in twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh.
0: Anticlimactic.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try not to get any emotional on the yeah. show but it, it, I, I do kind of get chills thinking about it um, but it was, it's very sad but um, thankfully to the wonders of the internet, a lot of my teachers are now my Facebook friends, <laughs> I chat with them <laughs> and I'm in, I'm in touch with stuff so i i enjoy it for that way and i think i probably weirdly with lockdown i think i've probably been chatting more with people who i never spoke to in secondary school over lockdown and become really good friends with than those who i ever hung around with which is very strange it's just like almost on social media i start having these conversations with like people who who sat across from me in class and i never spoke to and now they're my closer friends <laughs> so it's, it's it's very strange but thank goodness for the internet i think otherwise and i guess In one way, that does change the whole concept of of leaving and leaving your life behind. Is that now with the internet, you're not necessarily saying goodbye to your friends.
0: Yeah, it's totally a lot easier to stay in contact. Yeah. And of course, uh, what happens in American graffiti is, of course, it's 62. So the US is entering the Vietnam War. And this is, of course... The big break that is going to happen after all these, the characters in the film are kind of uh, ending their teenage years and becoming adults is that the war will change their world completely. Yeah,
1: like they're gonna, whether they're ready or not, they're gonna be told to become adults very, very yes. quickly. Yes, and
0: even even the ones that, that don't head off to Vietnam or just indirectly influenced by it, their world changes because the America that we see in this movie, the America of 62, the shiny cars, this movie is a lot about cars. And the music and the hanging out this all will change because then of course we're heading into the late sixties with the hippies and the alternative movement and kind of the culture also changing a lot.
1: It's it's very strange and it's so I, I don't know whether you you find this the case as well, but it's like it's it's actually surprising to, to realise how little time there actually has been between when this is set and now. Because it feels like such a different world. That actually it is only a couple of generations before us. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well this movie this movie was made when I was one year old. So it's
1: and everyone it's, who it's made basically... it will remember the time <laughs> that it's set in.
0: Yeah, well it's basically um the characters in, in that movie, they would be my parents' age now. But um young people growing up in, in the nineteen fifties and sixties in Germany, they had a little bit of a different experience than American kids had. But even even um there's a very young character in this movie, Carol. She's only twelve. Her experience being a teenager especially an older teenager like 16 17 will be a totally different one than the characters she's hanging out with that night
1: Mm, yeah was there ever was there ever a sequel or a call for sequels there is a sequel it's called
0: more american graffiti and this podcast is gonna talk about it of course
1: (laughs) Do, do any of the characters stay
0: on yes they do but i'm not spoiling anything right now of course i don't even know the
1: events of the first film yeah the only the only (laughs)
0: thing is is of course it's it's not as good as this one yeah
1: that tends to be a given with most sequels except paddington incidentally
0: so kurt is talking to mr wolf luke give me your impression of mr wolf
1: well, first of all, there's him talking to all the female students and saying I, I haven't written down what he said, but I remember finding it extremely inappropriate.
0: <laughs> you sexy uh you young was, ladies. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: just like oh. Yeah. Cuz that was that was when I was I was debating because as we said earlier about how much older everyone looks anyway. I wasn't sure whether he was a teacher or not or just a smartly dressed student, but at this point I was like either way it's very inappropriate, but it's definitely more inappropriate if you're a teacher and it's just oh it's yeah, it's very awful especially that word like if I don't know it wouldn't have been appropriate if he'd said if he'd made any comment but I feel like if he'd made just a kind of casual like pretty or you beautiful girl or something they'd have been little better but going straight with the word sexy and even making a kind of joke about it it was just oh
0: yeah. it's awful he's Mr. Creepy Teacher Wolf
1: and <laughs> w- but the the vibes I'm getting from the film is that that was considered acceptable and that we're supposed to still like him
0: probably <laughs> Although I, I, hope, I hope this kind of behaviour towards students never was acceptable from a teacher. I'd hope so. It's, it's very <laughs> odd because it's kind of like what I was hinting at before,
1: where it's like there are there have been so many films which I've watched where there've just been these kind of passive sexual harassment, and then you're supposed to come out of this, these scenes and be like, oh yeah, I still like this character, and it's like, but I can't because there was like a sex scene in something I was watching where the woman was very clearly saying no but it was portrayed as like very kind of playful and i was i came out of that scene being like i don't like this character anymore because he's essentially just raped this woman and it's just but it's just like i i'm so glad to be growing up in a time wherein these things are not considered acceptable because it's and i'm i'm so glad to also be watching these things at the age where i've already got an understanding that these things aren't acceptable like i think watching films like this even at a younger age could be really damaging when you don't have your own kind of level of understanding to go that's how people what people thought was acceptable back then but it shouldn't be and I, I think that's that's the one very important thing when watching kind of older things is to ensure that we're aware of our own values i think
0: i don't think even in the early 70s um teacher behaving like that towards female students would have been acceptable but it is played as um that the girls don't mind and they all- Giggling.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is only just after The Graduate, for example. And that's a very, very problematic movie, but that's portrayed as kind of fun and sexy. The
0: only one who's graduating, or has graduated, is Kurt in the scene, because the other students are still active students. Oh, that's even worse. Mr. Wolf is just the dance supervisor. So he's kind of chaperoning.
1: Yeah, this is... This, this is awful because, yeah, it's it's not even like he's seeing them outside of the school, which would, once again, like uh, every situation I'm suggesting is still wrong. But it's like it's enhanced how wrong it is. The fact that he's literally put in a power of authority over them as well. And it's just and his role is literally look is keep an eye on these people because they're minors. And he still goes to making these these comments. And it's it's very awful so like what i was hinting at beforehand was that um 1967 was when the film the graduate came out and that is the whole thing about you know a student and a teacher although it's the other the genders the other way around and is a college student uh, which is different
0: yeah and, and she is not a teacher but she is uh his neighbor yeah and of course the mother of his girlfriend
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's awful but even that like you look back at it and you go here's a film which is literally portraying an abusive relationship but it's fun quirky and sexy and it's like but it's not it's abuse but Mm. (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i mean of course more is change and the way we look at things changes as well and that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, we should never try and erase these films and these things from history, but we should allow the conversations to happen. And I think that that's what's important and is what I've valued an awful lot in the fact that I've had this consistent thing with my uh, parents, wherein if there is any film that I'm not officially by the age rating allowed to watch, but I want to watch and there's a chance I can, that I have to sit down and watch it with my parents. So we've, we've gone through many an awkward film with, with my <laughs> parents, but also it's allowed conversations to happen. And I think that the danger in the increase of streaming and all the rest and how accessible every film and all these different things on the internet are to young people. Are
0: is that stop. the com- yeah, the yeah the
1: conversations aren't going to happen. Hmm. People are going to be brought up by what they're watching on Netflix rather than by seeing something on TV and saying to, saying to my parents, you know, saying to your parents, "Oh, what do you think about that? That doesn't seem right." and having that that conversation and it's been it's been very very helpful both as just as a, a kind of growing teenager but also as someone who i'm i'm christian i'm being brought up in the christian faith and to be able to watch these secular films and still have the conversations to know where my parents values lie and often where my values lie as well but occasionally there'll be conflict and crossover and to be able to talk about it is probably one of my favorite things that my parents have been done for me and i'm i'm so glad that that's been what i've been brought up with
0: yeah so, what do you think is the purpose of this scene? I mean, um, Mr. Wolf is having a conversation with Kurt. What do you think they, they portrayed him like this?
1: It was very, very odd because he, as I said before, not actually knowing from this that he was definitely a teacher, although I was pretty sure. It's a very jocular conversation. But also I've seen such things happen before with teachers and students just having nice friendship and chatter. And I think that's that's I mean, he's
0: kind of um, well, he's asking Kurt, well, I thought you had already left. He says, yeah, well, I'm leaving tomorrow if i'm leaving because kurt at this point in time he's just kind of had this mirage of seeing his dream woman and his purpose that night is trying to find out who she is and and where she is he wants to find her and he's kind of made his mind up he's not taking the scholarship that he has and he's staying (laughs) he's staying home okay and then of course um mr wolf kind of explains him. well i had I used to have a scholarship. I was in your position. I went off to college to this very prestigious old liberal arts college, Middlebury College where once upon a time Robert Frost used to be a teacher and I spent a semester there and then I came back and look look what I've become. I'm this desperate high school teacher doing dance supervision and flirting with my students. Is that what you want to be?
1: I, I, I do really like this exchange because I yeah. think that as he's now a graduate, this is a conversation that can be had with the teacher.
0: Yeah. And I mean, y- you can see that they're on equal terms because uh, they're they're smoking together.
1: Yeah. And you can see that he had a lot of, yeah, you can see that he's a teacher who has respect for his students and his yeah. students have respect for him. There are certain teachers I've had in the past who don't quite get that line right. In terms of being friendly with the students and allowing the students to have respect for them. And I've struggled with certain teachers who try and be your student's best friend rather than be their teacher. That's also partially because I'm dyspraxic and I don't read people very well. So when it's not black and white, mm. I get stressed. But there there have been genuine moments where I've found that quite uncomfortable. And it seems to me like Mr. Wolf's got it right. <laughs> it, <laughs> it seems like the balance is there. He's clearly looked up to by kurt which is wonderful uh but on a completely different note at one thirty nine into the clip that i've got there is a cut between angles and it is really jarring and clearly two different takes <laughs> yeah.
0: see you as a filmmaker you notice that kind <laughs> of stuff <laughs>
1: yeah it's because i'm so it, it's annoying i find it i found it the same even with listening to podcasts after editing loads of them it's just that i can't turn that part of my brain off that's looking for issues <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I'll just watch films and TV shows and I'll be like, "Ah, continuity error," or "Oh, the sounds messed up there." And I can't stop that, and it's very very annoying, but it also just puts an extra lot of pressure on when I make my own stuff that now I've now I've said on this show that I do that. There's there's no there's no <laughs> breathing room for me to make a mistake. Of course um, there is. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's, yeah, I don't know. It's def- It was so minor, but when doing the kind of in-depth MXM, that's the sort of thing that I notice. And then straight after this, my note did just say, this feels like a big and important scene, and I hate that I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but-
0: <laughs> well, that scene, actually, um, the conversation stops right at the end of the scene, basically. Yeah, Mr. Wolf just tells, well... Kurt tells Mr. Wolf, well, I'm thinking of staying here. Why leave everything behind? I have my friends here. I have my sister here. He has uh, one of the characters we're following is his younger sister. And um, why should I go? And he says, and, and Mr. Wolf says, well, you can't do that. There's your chance. You want to be a writer. You have to leave. Else, you will end up like me. You will be the high school teacher who will be doing dance supervision and flirting with the students. This is not what you want with your life.
1: In one way, I'm glad Mr. Wolf has acknowledged it as a character flaw that he's flirting with the students, I guess, but... mm.
0: The next scene, spoiler warning for everyone, the next scene um, a student enters and kind of breaks up this conversation, a female student, and we clearly get to see that Mr. Wolf has some inappropriate things going on with his female students.
1: Um, what I did like, whether it's the ones who go on to who interrupt the scene or not, but I did, I did quite like that there are students in the background also lingering in yeah. <laughs> the darker, dark areas because it does. Yeah, I don't know. It, but it's interesting. It's like a secret conversation, but it's also clearly not very secret. But it's, I, I, I do, I, I very much like kind of the whole aesthetic of this scene, and it, it, it does definitely make me wanna go off and see American Graffiti.
0: Yeah, you you should at least watch it. Well, I'm heading
1: to the DVD store on Friday. so <laughs> They it's probably fair. have a DVD. <laughs> it, it's weird because of how cheap DVDs have become, especially among the time that I've been growing up. It's like, it's really helped me understand value for money and appreciate money so much is that I'm so used to like DVDs being like 50p each that before <laughs> wow. I buy anything, I picture how many DVDs go into that. <laughs> it's like, that really helps me realise how... <laughs> cheap or expensive things are.
0: I remember when I bought my first DVD player, uh, DVD was like 30 uh, euros. Yeah. <laughs> it,
1: I, I will very rarely buy the DVD of like a new film because they come out at like 10 or 11 pounds and it's like, I'll just wait till it's 50p.
0: Yeah, I, I, I usually I usually um, only buy Blu-ray version of that one film that I want to keep as a physical media. I usually just go for digital these days.
1: So I'm DVD for everything and Blu-ray for those extra special ones.
0: Oh, well, look, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been really fun.
1: I, I was worried as to how much I'd have to say. And then I remembered it's movie by a minute and I don't have to be relevant whatsoever. <laughs> um, <so. laughs>
0: well, we've been talking about teenage experience. This movie is about yeah. the teenage experience. so It is, yeah. yeah. And we've we'll talked a little bit about nostalgia, which this movie is full of. Okay, so everyone out there. If you want to talk a little bit more about American Graffiti with us, you can join us on Mel's Listeners Drive In on Facebook. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram under VCR Privileges, where you will also find the other Movies by Minutes podcasts that VCR Privileges have done. Hope to see you next time. Bye. He's really fast, isn't he?